Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We got John Mullins coming on. He's doing some great things. He's definitely rising out there, and we're excited to hear parts of his story and talk about music. So, John, are you here? Yes. Hello. Hey, Hi. how you doing? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here today. Now, as we get started here, um, I always like to start out the same way, the big elephant in the room. This year is a crazy year. Um, How has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Yeah, COVID's been definitely an interesting uh, challenge, Uh, especially with releasing new – especially with releasing new music and especially with um, trying to figure out how to play – play the music that I'm releasing. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been a huge challenge. The main thing that we're doing to try to work through it is um, concentrate on what we can control. And what we can mm-hmm. control yeah. is writing music, recording music, um, and building a relationship with your family, fan base, um, you know, online. Your, your, your people who follow, the people who follow your career, who yeah. are walking along mm-hmm. that uh, road with you. So that's the main thing I've really been focusing on is trying to build that relationship with the people who love the music that I write. And um, I, I've really been trying to connect. And that's the main thing that I've really used COVID for. And now it's starting to uh, lift a little bit and I'm able to play some shows coming up. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, and I love great. that. You know, just like for us, you know, we started this show in January of this year and our original plan was 80 to 100 interviews first year. We thought if we did 100 interviews first year, we probably will have done more interviews than most hosts their very first year. And then COVID happened. And then I I looked at Sandy, and I was like, oh, man, you know, these artists are going to need a place to talk. You know what? This could be our year to shine. Uh, Mm -hmm. Of all years, we just need to go all out. And because of that decision – you're, I think, number 228 interviews since January. Yes, congratulations to you guys. That's incredible. <laughs> well, thanks. Oh, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun, too. <laughs> we did do it. Definite, definitely worth it, huh? Oh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, um, I always like to start a little light before we really dig into the story a little bit. So what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? You know, uh I uh, love languages. Unfortunately, I haven't found a place to use them in Nashville. Uh, French and American Sign Language, um, I I love using those languages. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, going to the movies with my wife. I love, and no, we haven't been oh. able to do that. Um, yeah, we love nature <laughs> stuff. We love to we love to be you know on the water. We love to travel, and so a lot of things that we like to do you know apart from. <laughs> Uh, you know, apart from music, have to do with travel and being in public and everything like that. So it's it's definitely been a challenge trying to find some type of um, you know activity, whatnot to do, mm-hmm. whether in your home. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, <clears throat> definitely understand that. So, what would you say is something unusual about you? Uh, something unusual about me is. Um, Man, there's so many things to choose from. Oh my <laughs> Let me let me pick let me pick probably one of the most uh, 
peculiar things, I guess, is I um oh my gosh, hold on, forgive me. Give me mm-hmm. for just a second. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because you guys you guys caught me off guard with that one. Um <laughs> Something I don't even know, guys. You caught me off guard. Not because I think I'm just a weird person altogether. I'm super. <laughs> what, I'm a that's very good. Uh, here's here's one peculiar thing. I am incredibly overzealous. That is one thing that you guys oh, well. will, like. Uh, you guys, when it came to um, uh, even even you know publicity for Better Man mm-hmm. for this new uh, song I released. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so overzealous. I was calling and uh, talking to my publicist like every day, messaging her, asking her for updates. You know, when it came down to mixing the song, we like went through, you know, not went through, but we worked with a couple <laughs> different mixing engineers. And I, I, that's, that's one peculiar thing is once I find one oh, wow. thing that needs to get done, I obsess uh, about it and oh, uh, wow. I get really overzealous. I think my friends get um, a little a little annoyed because I also don't like to wait on things because I'm so overzealous. Mm-hmm. So I'll just like mm-hmm. call them instead of text them for things. So oh, well. um, a very incredibly peculiar thing about me that is I prefer phone calls over texting. That's, that's something that I think not many people uh, prefer nowadays is phone calls. Yeah. So. so tell us a little bit of your backstory. You know, tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and kind of a brief overview of you. Because I like to get to know the person, sure. not just the artist. Yeah, I I say that I was raised in four states. Um, <laughs> I was born in Pennsylvania. Born in Pennsylvania. Raised uh, for the first small part of my life in Florida. Kind of settled our roots in Virginia, and then I yeah. moved to Tennessee for college. So you know, those are the four main states. Um, I started music actually playing trumpet when I was in sixth grade, fell in love with music. The moment I picked up my dad's old rusty trumpet, picked it up in sixth grade. We didn't have much money, so that's all we could really afford. We couldn't really rent an mm-hmm. instrument or anything like that. So we used what we had, and as soon as I picked up that trumpet, um, I was playing everywhere. I'm talking, guys, I, w- I would go to bed with my trumpet in wow. my arms. I would, I would, I would play, and I fell, I fell in love with music. And my parents probably got so sick of me playing trumpet everywhere. Um, but, you know, it came to <laughs> mm-hmm. me being in all state and regional bands. And it, uh, I played across the Virginia for different things. And then it also came to, to, um, to actually playing, playing gigs with my band teacher. So he, he, mm-hmm. he majored, wow. he had a master's in trumpet performance. And I would actually go to local colleges and play uh, gigs with him. So that was, that was a super cool thing and then in, in high school I started playing uh guitar and singing mm-hmm. when I was 14 when I was 14 I started singing and playing guitar and um my after after three months my guitar teacher was like you know what John I think I think we've gone as far as you know I'm prepared to take you because I again guys I practiced like four hours a day and um he <laughs> was like now let me let me teach you how to write a song and I was like oh, okay. oh wow and he was like I think you've got it in you and I was like, okay, so I wrote my first super cruddy song. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, it was as soon as I performed and sang that first song, I was like, this is it. This is oh well, what I want to do with the rest of my life. And uh, so after that, I tried out for a male acapella group in, in my high school, and we 
plays everywhere, Virginia, and it was just it was crazy, guys. It was it was nonstop music my whole entire uh, high school career. Oh wow, awesome! <clears throat> wow. Now, was there a moment? We'd like to ask this. Can, you know, I know that music's always been in you, but was there a moment where you kind of looked in the mirror and you thought, "Wow, this could actually be a career." It was honestly the the moment I finished writing my first song. I can I oh, can wow. tell you I was sitting I was sitting upstairs in my room. It was I think it was a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and it was I was about to go to church that night. And the guy who was teaching me guitar he uh, played at church, and so I had finished that song, and I was like, I cannot wait to play this for him. I played it for him. <laughs> And bless his heart, he was so nice about it. But I was like, you know what? This is this is what I have to do. So no matter wow. what I need to do, what I need to You'll do figure to get it out. better at it, yeah, I wanted to hone in on it. I wanted to do every single thing within my power to do that. And um, and I practiced my tail off, and I made all of my friends listen to all of my songs, even though they rolled <laughs> their eyes every single time. I was like, hey, listen to this. Um, but I'm 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 thankful for that. I really am thankful that he took it upon, you know, it, it was it was on his heart to teach me how to to write uh, my first song. But that was that I was the moment that. I was like, there's there's no other option. This is what I have to do for the rest of my life. Wow, I love that story. <clears throat> now, as you, you know, when when fans see artists, they they see uh, they don't they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton. Miranda, Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggle. That hmm. Not only does it take to get at that level, but to even get it at a career level. And I always like to talk about yeah. this side of it because nobody talks about it. And yes. to, to kind of guide us where I want this to go, I'm going to tell a quick story that will help us go there, and, and we'll talk about that. Back in 2014, we interviewed Alice and Seal from Two Still Girls. And at that time, they okay. were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing anything else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said, because the day you yes. want it to be a career, everybody owns a piece of you, whether you like it or not. Your friends oh, and yeah. relatives, will, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts the weekends, the holidays, but you have to say no because you're grinding it. They don't, and they don't understand that because they don't live that kind of life. And you have to say no to, the, to it. Maybe it's a wedding to this. It's their big day, but it's also your big day. You, and, or I'm maybe missing, you already got I'm a missing, gig. Yeah. I'm missing a wedding for one of our close friends because I have a gig it's next month. Yeah, and see, and then, and then things like that. And then on top of that, um, your family has to sacrifice around you. Not, it's not just the artist. Then, if that's not enough, um, there are days where you feel miserable. There are days that you don't want to do anything. There are days that you just want to stay in bed, but if you've got a gig that night, you've got to get up there and smile like you're having the best time ever, whether you are or not. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see you, see anything else, then go all in because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. If you would have asked me um, 
you know, what it takes to be a musician. Those are mm-hmm. all things that would have easily been brought up because when you're looking at a lot of people, um, you know, music is something to be consumed, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. so when people are sitting down and they're listening to your music, um, what they see is they see the artist playing the music and they're like, Oh, that's good. Or maybe I don't like that. Or, you know, Oh, play some, play some covers or, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> but what a thousand percent, what goes into the music, everything, literally mm-hmm. everything. It's not just you, you know, you sacrifice one thing, you sacrifice a couple things. You, you are actually sacrificing every single thing you have to share your heart with the world. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to it, yes, I have an incredibly, incredibly supportive wife, um, Whitney, and I'm so thankful for, you know, her. If you are married or if you're in a relationship, support is everything. If you don't have the support of your yep. significant other, then – you might as well just give up on on any career because it's it's you have to or a so music tough. career because it's it's again like today we left at seven in the morning and we are uh, in East Tennessee about to you know play a show this evening and you know my wife doesn't get to come to these types of things because you know we only have room for the band and it's a it's a it's a one day gig. So we're just, you know, those types of things are when I leave for a couple mm-hmm. days or when I leave for a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, she's there holding down the fort. She's there still working her business mm-hmm. to also help pay the bills because what they say is, um, you know, a musician is somebody who takes um, 3000 no, $5,000 worth of gear to play a two and a half hour show for 50 bucks. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's how it is. Um, but you know, that's, that's not always how it is. And it's once you play more and play every single place you can, um, it's, it starts growing and you start working, you know, it's not just about playing out. It's, you know, what's behind the scenes too, working on your craft, working on your branding, um, making sure that, you know, you're keeping your instrument, which is your voice as a singer in top condition. Um, mm-hmm. there are so many, mm-hmm. there, there are so many things that go into it. And I feel like, um, I feel like that, that that stuff does need to be brought to light. The sacrifices and yeah. uh, everything that goes right. into it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to talk about that because, you know, and people don't understand that. And I want people – I know people, even if they listen to our podcast, they're not going to still understand it. But I want them to, people to at least know, and especially artists. And, you, know, you know, there are artists out there that are think, that are tippy-toeing through to music right now, and they're considering making that leap. And I want, and if we can scare them away, then that's a good thing because that means they weren't meant for this anyway. Because I want people to know that it's tough. You give up, like you yes. said, you're giving up everything for, a, hopefully for a short time, you know. But that, but it could be yeah. for years. <laughs> yeah. When you have a great opportunity, you've got to take it, especially in the music industry. And if something. You know, uh, when it, again, like one of our close friends' wedding, I hate, completely hate that I have to miss it. Um, but a great opportunity for a show came up out of town, and it's you know not even remotely close to where the wedding is, and it's on the same day. And um, you know, it's something that unfortunately has to take precedence. You know, number one in COVID, uh, when there's not as many, uh, there are there aren't as many show opportunities. And secondly, when you have such a great mm-hmm. opportunity of something that could be a, a show that you play multiple times. Yeah. 
Exactly. Right. Um, mm-hmm. now, now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, you know, and I think we hit it pretty hard, and I'm always excited when we do because, again, I want people to know that what these what artists go through. Let's talk about yeah. the glory side, the other side of it, the side that that helps you keep going, you know, the, the moment, the moment um, types of things. So when you look back on your career so far, what are a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? I'll tell you, one of my favorite career moments, um, period, is actually super recently um, with this Better Man release. And I may be jumping the gun mm-hmm. on, on talking about it for a second. I apologize if I am. Uh, but this <laughs> Better Man release, we posted it on um, a social media platform called TikTok. And yeah. so it has 1.5 million views. The, wow. just part of the video. Oh, and wow. we were looking at people's reactions. Um, on TikTok, you can actually do something called duet-it, and mm-hmm. you can see people reacting to the video, or you can uh, read people's comments. Um, and one thing that really stuck out to me um, was one person that said that they were um, – just crying listening to the song and then they did a duet of themselves and they were like Mm -hmm. mouthing the words to the lyrics and so to be able to have a song that's so fresh and so new but something that connects with somebody on such a deep level that they can't help but sing those lyrics and Mm -hmm. uh tell Mm -hmm. tell the world what it means to them i don't think there's any other better feeling for a songwriter than to somebody know their song, somebody to tell them they can relate to the song, and them to sing it back to them. It's it's an absolutely yeah. insane feeling. You know, wow, since that's we're amazing. kind of t- talking about that anyway, we're going to take a quick break and then play the song and then talk some more about the okay. song. How's that? Sounds great. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. It's only human nature just to give up on somebody that you don't understand. I know you got a million reasons to let me go But now I'm asking for another chance We can make this work I would do anything for you I didn't know I was wrong Whatever I need to keep you up To be a 
song yes a beautiful and, song love it and, and i have to tell a quick story that kind of relates to that song um i went through 19 years of addictions and until god healed me like almost 13 years ago but our first five years of our marriage was in the middle of those addictions uh, and sandy she went through everything to stand by me i mean she never but wow. she never nagged me she never put me down she loved me in spite of the like I tell you, she loved me through the addiction. You know, sometimes people will tell us, when they hear our story, they will make smart comments like, "Oh, she allowed you to walk over her." And I'm like, "No, no, no. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Because if it weren't for that, I would not be here today." So when I hear that song, I'm like, "She made me a better man." Because again, she stood by me. She could have left, like it said, a thousand times, but she didn't. Yeah. Wow. That's incredibly powerful. That's the type of, you know, your story is the type of people this song is written for, you know, and, you know, it's, it's incredible to hear that, that something can relate to that, that you've gone through. 
And that's what music's for. I mean, when you think about it, you yeah. know, music moves people. And and sometimes an artist, they can release a song. Even, and, and, they, and their idea is one thing of what the song really means. But the mm-hmm. world may interpret it in, in their own way, which is important. Mm-hmm. That's always important for that. That's, I went to um, – I was in a class one time in high school, and we were talking about art. And art with mm-hmm. uh, music, art with uh, art with actual like paintings, art with abstract anything. And so mm-hmm. we always, mm-hmm. you know, he, he'd ask us, you know, what does this mean to you? And like when we were when we were trying to figure it out, we were like, well, what does it actually mean? We asked the mm-hmm. teacher that, and he was like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. He said, you don't understand. He don't understand. <laughs> the world is not going to treat you? your art that way. He said. The world is going to treat your art in the way that they are going to decide what it means to them, not ask you. Yeah. Not always, not always ask you what it means to you. And so, right. um, you know, he says, you know, the, the, the listener or the, you know, person who's consuming the art is uh, the final arbiter of the work. They decide what it means for themselves. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's and so you know, true. I agree with you. You know, I remember hearing an interview. I can't remember who it was from. But there was a songwriter slash artist that talked about, you know, because they were asking him about his music and all that and what each song represents. And he and he says when he's in front of an audience, he says he does not tell the story of why that song was written until after he sings it. And he says because if he oh, tells wow. it before he sings it, it, it will jade their heart. Because now that's, that's incredible. what they're thinking. So, so that's what they're thinking now. So, it, so then it, it's only going to relate to 20% of the people. But mm. if he waits till after they've heard that song yeah. now, now it means something to them, and now he can tell them the story behind it. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I love that. I can't remember who said that, but I, I've never forgotten that. And I was like, man, that is powerful because, again, it is. that's what an artist wants. And a true mm-hmm. artist wants everybody to relate in their own way. Most definitely. And that's what, you know, when anybody is writing a song, um, you know, here in Nashville, the main thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you're writing a song so that it's specific in a way, but that it's also yeah. – broad enough yeah. for people to relate to and yeah. to be able to interpret in their own way. So that's, that's always the goal of, of any songwriter is to share their heart, but also other people to <laughs> mm-hmm. be able to relate. So it's, yeah, it's an honor for me to, to be able to hear your story about, you know, how you relate to it as well. That, that means so much to me. Well, thank you. Um, now, one thing we like to do on our show too is, um, you know, a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers, the managers. And I don't think they get enough love. So I always Understood, say that, you know, yeah. on, our sh- on our show, they're going to get some love. So if you want to take a few minutes to just tell us the team that helps you be who you are. Yeah, so there's, there are so many people that went into it. One of, one of the main people that really, really pushed this song into a great space is Dustin Olean. He is an incredible producer. Um, he is from Canada, based out of Nashville. 
um, you know, we've worked, we worked tirelessly on this song and, um, you know, he put in a, a ton of effort into it and, um, he's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Uh, what a, what a stand up guy and a great friend. And he's got such a, he, he had such a great vision for this song that exactly to the T lined up to what I was wanting for it. And, sure. um, and then, uh, Ryan, uh, Pruitt, uh, mixed it and we had, worked with a couple mixing engineers and I will tell you guys it's it's very difficult when you have something that's like your baby and you want it to come out <laughs> oh, not you want yes. it to come out perfectly but you know it's 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 your big piece of art that everybody you feel like there's that been part of you right you've been waiting for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you want it and you want it to be perfect mm-hmm. and so you know the other mixing engineers had done outstanding jobs, but it still was to the point where I was wanting to hear something a little bit different. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Ryan Pruitt truly came through and, uh, you know, put hours of work into the song and he mixed it uh, incredibly well. And then mastering um, done by Moses mastering. And I will tell you what, that just really helped elevate the song and give it that, you know, final push, that final extra touch, Um, you know, the balance that it needed. And um, so I'm, I'm super thankful for that team. Um, yeah. there are a lot of really cool things happening with music that's coming up, um, that, you know, my current team is helping me with, um, you know, Lindsay Sipe is an incredible publicist. Um, she has been helping me out with, yep. um, you know, publicity mm-hmm. things and, um, she's been incredible yeah, she's awesome. on, you know, reaching. Yeah. She's incredible reaching out to the right people and, and helping, you know, writing the right things, writing my bio, writing, uh, the right uh, things to help people, you know, connect even further to better man. And then, um, then there is also, uh, if we're looking at Adam Dobris right now and Do- Adam mm-hmm. Dobris is an incredible guy who's helping with, you know, booking shows coming up and um, he's helping yeah. with, he helped with uh, pushing the show uh, through the Spotify and so not pushing the show, sorry, pushing the song through to Spotify and different yeah. places. Mm-hmm. And he's helping with my, he's helping with my social media marketing. Um, you know, he's such an incredible guy and such a hard worker. Mm. And he works, you know, we were on the phone day and night before the release of this song. And, yeah. you know, it oh, shows well. because the song, we'll talk about this probably later, but the song is compared to what I was thinking would happen. The song is, really um, experiencing some great success. And I'm so, so incredibly thankful for it. And I, it, it would not have happened without that team of people behind me. The, the instrumentalists that played on Better Man, um, you know, they're, they are like the, the core of the type of instrumentalist that you want uh, to mm-hmm. be on any type of record because they come in, they see the chord charts, they listen to the demo and they're like, yeah, this song, this is what we need to do with the song. And, you know, with Dustin's uh, leading, we just had a flawless, a flawless session at uh, Oceanway Studios in Nashville and just recorded for a whole day. And it was just beautiful. So, again, like coupled with the people pushing it, coupled with the producer and, uh, you know, and the, and the musicians. And um, I'm super thankful to have written the song um, to, to have completely written the song by myself, no co-writers, which literally yeah. I, um, it came from a really painful place. So I think that's probably mm-hmm. why it was, you know, so, so easy to, to be able to come out. Um, but it, I, I was super thankful for that. And so, 
I just I can't imagine um, being happier with a release and being happier with a song and being happier with with people being able to relate to it. It means so much to me. So tell us what the song means to you. Well, so uh, my wife, uh, Whitney, uh, about four years ago, fell down on concrete forward. She fell forward on concrete, hit her head, and knocked herself out at work. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, she, you know, we took her to the hospital. We were like, oh, we, we got to figure out what's happening, and hopefully she's okay. And they are like, mm-hmm. you know, you're slightly concussed. You're slightly concussed. Everything's going to be fine. Let's just, you know, you'll be fine. And so she tries to go back to work that day and, and couldn't. She just couldn't. She couldn't function. Like, it was just, I don't know if it was the adrenaline. I don't know quite what it was. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, she just needs a couple mm-hmm. days of rest. So she goes home, and um, she slowly starts to lose speech and motor function. Oh, wow. And we're talking about she's not able to put sentences together. She's not able to remember things that we had done that day. Um, she starts to develop extreme anxiety. She can't be around more than two people. Um, she starts to have panic attacks. All these things start surfacing in a matter of days. And so, oh, you know, wow. we go from, you know, perfect, nor- not perfect, you don't know, like it's perfect, but we go from like a normal life um, yeah. to, you know, Whitney going through probably the hardest time in her life and not even being able to put sentences together to tell me how she's feeling. Wow. And so wow. she ended up not being able to go back to that job. Um, I was working at a jewelry store at that time. So I would go in in the morning and I would come home at night and we would get medications. We would take, you know, lunch breaks and take her to doctor visits. We would do whatever we need to do and we would wash, rinse, repeat. And we would, um, and again, I would do it a thousand times over because I'm, I am her husband and she is my wife yeah. and she is part, she is part of me. And whenever someone that is part of you is, or not doing well, you will do everything within your power to get them through it. And that is what I did. And music kind of took a little bit of a back burner. Mm. And um, Mm -hmm. it's okay because she's my wife. (laughs) And um, so we we spent this time trying to work on rehabilitation. And when it came down to it, we'd have doctors coming down to our house to help her um, with rehab, with memory, with, uh, everything, and um, she wow. had a hard time communicating. And because of her anxiety, because of her mm-hmm. panic, and because she couldn't go back to work, she felt guilty. Um, and all of these things impeded our communication completely. Mm-hmm. We had such a difficult time communicating because she mm-hmm. felt guilty about the things that had happened. She felt guilty that she fell at work, which it was an accident. You know what I mean? Like. All these yeah. things mm-hmm. were happening, and she felt like it was her fault. But then she felt like we couldn't, you know, we couldn't get answers from uh, people who were. We couldn't get answers from. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just like trying one medicine after another, and all of these things were just everything was just scattered. And guys, we could not communicate. She would get frustrated. I would get frustrated because I didn't know what she needed because I want to fix the situation. Come on, let's, let's mm-hmm. be honest right. here. When, when things are happening, guys are fixers. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> you know, at least I am. Yeah. I'm a fixer. You know, if, if my wife is having a problem, 
baby, tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. <laughs> yep. And she's like, I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to sit here with me in the dark and be sad with mm-hmm. me. Or she, or she said, just get your guitar, yeah. get your guitar and play with, play for me. You know, she would just yeah. want me to sit there and yes. pick, pick on my guitar. And so all of those things came to a head at one point where we got in a fight that was so bad that we just, we, we didn't really know how to communicate and how mm-hmm. to, and right. we both, we both are in it to win it guys. We're not going to, we are not going to not give up on our relationship, yeah. but I will tell you, it's right. probably been the biggest, it was probably the biggest test of our lives. And it got to that mm-hmm. one point where it all came to a head and she had gone out of town, not because of the fight, but she was out of town uh, with a friend. Um, I think it was the weekend after we had that, that, that horrible, that, that, that horrible argument. And mm-hmm. she was out of town with a friend because it had been planned. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of a low-key weekend. And I sat down at my piano and hmm. I played a couple chords. And I was just like, it's only human nature just to give up on somebody that you don't understand. Hmm. And I was like, oh, hmm. my gosh. Wow. And so I wrote, I wrote wow. the, first verse in the, first, uh, the first verse in the first chord. And I sent it to her, and she goes, mm-hmm. I'm crying. <laughs> this is the best song you've ever written. Wow. And so oh, she says, amazing. I'm crying. This is the best song you've ever written. And I'm like, what just happened? And so I finished the second verse, and I stick with the same chorus. And I let this song sit for a couple months. And the reason mm-hmm. is, yeah. is because I knew that the, at the right time, the right bridge would happen. And uh, the bridge says, you know, just because we're going through some hard times doesn't mean we need to give up. I don't want to give up. And just because it isn't exactly what we thought doesn't mean we need to give up. Please don't give up. And it's super wow. simple, but it's the most straightforward yeah. pleading the, yeah. the desperate love letter to my wife telling her that no matter what, I'm not going to give up. Please don't give up. We don't need this. I want to do whatever I can to get us through it. And if it's me, baby, if it's me, I will learn to be a better man for you. I will do every single thing within my power because you're worth it. And we don't need to be giving up on this. So that was a really, really long answer to the question you asked. So I'm very sorry. But thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, we love hearing the story. What a powerful story. And that brought Um, up another thing within our life. Um, Back years ago, in the middle of the addiction, um, we went. We were going through a really tough time, and I got this. Uh, you know, I had this trip planned to Boston um, oh, for yes. to, to, to to train for a news to to be a newspaper publisher. And it was like my dream to be a publisher. Um, funny, I'm a publisher still, just online now. But my dream was news, newspaper or magazine publisher. And I remember us going up there. I had no idea that she was so frustrated with some few things that she found that she was – she figured, okay, this is the love that she had for me. She was going to leave me, and but she knew that this was my dream, so she figured she'd ride with me. We'd go up there. We'd train for four or five days. we come back home, and she's leaving. She's going to leave. 
but she would at least give me that that dream instead of making it a, a scene beforehand and then that not happening. That is true. So we, so we are driving up there, and I don't know if it was up or back or while we're there. I don't know, but she decides to finally open up to me. And if it weren't for that trip, she might would have left. But that trip turned oh, everything absolutely. around. Now, it didn't turn the addictions around. It, it turned some issues around. Um, yes. The addiction still was there for a few more years. But there were some issues that were there then that she couldn't put up with. And right. that, that, that part that stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that's incredible when just the floodgates open up to, to communication. And that, that trip. Absolutely was the turning point for you that's wow because when yes, I, if that you was can our learn, because communication yeah communication is key like that yep, is, it is that's what it is and if you if you don't know how to do it then it's, then it's even a bigger challenge and so wow Gosh. they were even writing a book called broken hearing y'all stories and you know we're writing a book called broken together because when two people marry yes. they're both broken just at different levels Wow. And and one of the hardest things that people do is, you know, as I study marriage and all that, is, and relationships is, you know, when people communicate, in most cases, and I'm not saying this is 100% accurate, but in most cases, when people argue or fight, they're not fighting from their current circumstances; they're fighting from their past pain. Always, I can and so 100% attest to that. And so the idea of the book is to get people to look at each other, to learn about the good, the bad, and the ugly of each other's past so that they can then become best friends again. Because when you, when you know everything that's happened to your spouse in the past, even before you come along, then that's a game changer in marriage because then you become the point where you won't you won't press buttons because you know now you know why that button does because because in most cases people are like you know you know they, they don't understand well that's a button but it shouldn't be you know yeah and, and so then oh, the yeah. e- then ego mm-hmm. plays but when you know the past story and you know that her dad left her or every man that's ever come around left her you know something to that nature all of a sudden then when it looks like you may be leaving her. Even if even if you're not, that wall comes up. But knowing that with the past helps connect you to the now, so that you don't cross those line, little lines as little as they may seem to you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely, and that's the one thing. Like knowing your your spouse's past, definitely, I I agree with you. That affects your future, and being able to. Not just know it, but be mindful of it in your everyday yep. actions, and mm-hmm. and that's, exactly. Uh, yes, that's the key. Most most definitely, and that you know we we talk about you know with Whitney's fall, and mm-hmm. you know the guilt that she mm-hmm. felt at that time, and the guilt she still feels. Yeah. Um, you know we're, you know, yeah. crazy enough we're still dealing with you know some legal stuff with that, and so you know she still feels guilt. Over those types of things, and yeah, to be able to mm-hmm. know that and to actively do everything in my power to let her know that she doesn't need to feel that because it's you know yeah she mm-hmm. is, is 
a hundred percent every single thing within me. That's that's what I want to do is make sure that she doesn't feel the guilt and she doesn't feel uh, like she's being an inconvenience. You know, because that's the last thing she is. She's she's the yeah. best thing that's ever happened to me. I love that. Um, Other than and, you know, I can see <laughs> – yeah, exactly. I can definitely yeah. see that you're a family man and all that, which makes it, all, makes it so much more better. But we are a family affair show, and we, we have an 8-year-old that is a third co-host to us. We always let him come yes, on and ask is. one question. So Sandy's going to get yes. him on real quick. I will go get him. And, and, and you know, we've got a 18-month-old little daughter that when she gets older, she don't know it yet, but she'll be plugged in too. <laughs> I love it. The family show. I love it. Yeah, because again, you know, and it's funny. So, so many artists have said, you know, I've never been asked on an interview by an eight-year-old. It's, it's like, well, there's always a first. <laughs> hey, there's always a first. This will be my first as well. I'm excited. What's funny, though, is about it is many times they'll be on a live, and if they talk about our show, they talk about him. And we're like, okay, I guess he's our secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's the memorable one. <laughs> our secret yep. sauce. But here he is. Here's Christopher with his question. Hi, John. What's your favorite food? <gasps> My favorite food is spaghetti. I love spaghetti. I love spaghetti. Mm-hmm. My second favorite food is. Japanese hibachi. Oh wow! You get two yeah. of my you get two of my favorite foods right there. I love it. I, I love it. Thank it. you for asking. Pizza. <gasps> oh my gosh! I love Whitney. My wife, her favorite food is pizza. So you guys definitely <laughs> relate on that. What what what's your favorite <laughs> topping on your pizza? Pepperoni and sausage. Yes, my, that's <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's 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 Bye, the perfect thanks. pizza right there. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> he comes and goes quick, but he loves this part. Hey, he does. I love it. He loves to be part of it. Good. I love me some food too. So that was a perfect question. <laughs> so, so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? Adele. Oh wow. Correct. I'd co-write yes. with Adele, and I would write. You know, she's good at writing sad songs as well. So you know what? I'd probably. She is. I would probably. Yeah, I would. I would really love to find. You could write another way of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we could write. We could write the other side to Better Man. Yeah. Although yeah. I, wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to sing the song, but you know she could. I would absolutely yeah. love to write with Adele, and I think it would be, it would be, maybe the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Awesome. But I would never, so, I would never ask yeah. my wife to be a better woman for me. I'll tell you that she's, she's an absolute yeah. godsend, and she is the most supportive. I know the feeling. Incredible. Oh my gosh! I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely the lucky. I know 100. You know, like I said, I would not even be here if it weren't for her. I really believe that the addictions, they were so bad that my health would have gave by now. Yeah, that that makes complete and total sense. I understand. 
So now this question, you probably have a thousand answers, but I'm looking for that answer that just pops in your head. What is a song that you wish you wrote that you've heard? Takes you by Coldplay. Oh, wow. It's a good one. That's one yes. of my favorite songs in the world. One of my no. favorite songs. I just told you my favorite. Like, that's, that's yeah, you wanted the one that comes off the top of my head. That was definitely Fix You by Coldplay. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Love that. Now, this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And the reason I always say this, I always want artists to kind of think about that question before I ask them that same question. Because when we asked Kelsey that question five years ago, the answer she gave us is almost to the T of what she's living right now, which is pretty cool um, to see that transformation. Um, so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? In five years, to this day in five years, I want to be on a tour bus to my next show with my wife and child. Awesome. Love that. And I would love love to play my next show in five years in a large venue. And you know what? It's I a lot of people talk about musicians and being famous and mm-hmm. wanting mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. and everything like that. But you know what I really want, guys? I really want to make a difference. And I want awesome. I want <laughs> this music that I'm writing out of this insanely difficult time in my life, not being able to communicate, not feeling like feeling like that no matter what is happening in, you know, your relationship is your fault and that, you know, all of these things people have felt, guys. And I yeah. want every single person that is listening to this song to know that if you're going through a hard time, you are not alone. And I want to play these songs with my wife and child. My wife is a trained teacher or, a, you know, she is a, no a teacher. So, you know, mm-hmm. having a child mm-hmm. on a road, you know, um, maybe kind of yeah. cool, but, um, you know, I just really want to be able to play these shows so that the music and my heart can just reach my heart, not my heart, but just the music can reach more people and mm-hmm. the message can reach more yeah. people. And um, I am going to say one thing, and I'm not afraid to say this, guys. I'm a Christian. I love God. Yep. And Amen I think that, that he, call, he calls us to be living examples of who he is. And I think mm-hmm. through this, through this music, uh, you know, and through the lifestyle and living and through everything, mm-hmm. hopefully they can see the light of him. And uh, I think God gives us certain platforms for a reason. Um, and I think that he didn't give me this passion. He didn't give me this songwriting. He didn't give me this music. He didn't give me this voice for no reason. I'm not saying yep. it's the best ever, and I will never say it's the best ever, but I'm going to say I'm going to keep working my butt off, and I'm going to keep doing the best I can to perfect, not even perfect, but just to make better what he has given me. And um, mm-hmm. so – Five years from now, on a tour bus, on the road to my next show, with my wife, and hopefully child, uh, about to play a big show. And then after that show, we will celebrate by having a big old hug and going to Sonic and getting a drink. 
I love that. Oh, and, wow. That's and, awesome. you know, you're talking about the God giving the passion. That's just like, you know, he's not giving me the gift of gab to talk for no reason. And, I, and we're trying to use that in every way we can. I love it. I I absolutely am so I've, – I've really enjoyed this interview. You guys are absolutely incredible people. I can tell, you know, from your story and the way you guys just – feed off of each other and your openness it means so much to me and it makes me really grateful to to be a part of what you guys are doing and i really appreciate it but well, we definitely oh, appreciate thank you that so much. <laughs> because again you know when, when we first started the show I, I did not want us to have a normal show where you ask a question person answers yeah i'm a conversationalist if i can't have a conversation if i can't throw my two cents in then i don't want to do a show <laughs> just the yeah. way it is, you know. <laughs> and I wanted to be yeah, different, absolutely. and and I try to make it yeah. different, and all that. Because mm-hmm. you never, again, there's so many great things. I mean, things that, you know, like, you know, we talked with um, Heidi Newfield at two o'clock today, and again, that was another one of them powerful ones where we talked about Johnny and June Carter Cash and their story because that kind of relates to our story. I mean, because when we look at it, their story, kind of intrigues me a lot. Because it's yeah. almost our our story with when you count the addictions and June stood by him and Sandy stood by me, and, and again I, I want to show that that when people listen, they can hear you talk the passion you have, they hear us talk the passion we have, and all of us together can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's what we live for, isn't it? You know. Yep. It is. Leave now, the world better than when you found it. <laughs> exactly. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Now, listen closely because most people ask this in a, diff- in a different way than I ask. You know, a lot of people, they, I'll just say what most people, most people will ask, what, would you, what advice would you give your um, 18-year-old self and all that, your younger self? I go the other way. I want to know, let's say that your five-year goal happens. Whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 years, but you are a success on whatever level that is. What would you tell your future self? Don't settle. Oh, I love that. Oh, remember, that's great. Remember the drive that you had five years ago. Remember the love for music, the love for your wife. <laughs> the love for life that you had five years ago. Remember how thankful you were. And if you're overwhelmed and if you are upset that you have to play this show tonight because you're tired, remember that five years ago, this was the only thing that you wanted and never ever settle because remember the reason you're doing this. Remember that you're doing this because you want this message of love and letting people know that they're not alone in the world and letting people know that they're not the only ones struggling and letting people know that there is hope. You're not Mm -hmm. doing this just for you. You're doing this for a greater purpose and always, always be grateful for it. And again, I'm going to say one more time, don't settle. I love that. So let's say that you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something special Definitely something there. And let's say they've played maybe 40, 50 shows so far, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. 
Um, so this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. But they've, but they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug, where they look over the crowd. The crowd's roaring at them, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, John, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? I would tell that person to keep their eyes on what counts because when you get to that level, again, I haven't attained that, that huge, huge success. I've had some but everybody incredible has, Everybody life. has I've, great advice. I have, I have really – I, I've I've had some incredible milestones in my career, you know, looking at a crowd of 14,000 people with me wow. and my guitar, and, you know, and the one thing I would say is definitely don't lose sight of the fact that you are doing it for the music. And yeah. I, I, I just, I don't really under, since, since music has been picking up, I have been finding myself telling people I'm tired. And I am. I'm very tired. I'm working my tail off. And it's so easy some days to realize, to, to, to just be like, oh, I just don't want to do this today. But if that person's at that point, they're still getting their feet wet and they're looking at this roaring crowd and they're singing for them, they've got every single thing they need. Keep your eyes mm-hmm. on the prize. Because if you keep your eyes on the prize, you keep writing music that actually means something to you then you will have a career that is fulfilling and you'll have a career that is long. And so um, definitely keep it about the music. That's what James Taylor told me. James Taylor, I met him in January. And I I asked him, I said, how the heck have you had such a long and incredible career? And he said, John, it's just about the music. He said, you've got to keep your eyes on the music. And that's, that's what I think I would tell everybody else. Wow, I love that. Wow. So as we as we come to our close here, as with the last question, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? You know, one thing that I think that a lot of It's really difficult because I will tell you one thing. You guys have covered a lot of incredible bases, which makes me really excited. You know, you ask about the backstory. You ask about the artist. You ask about the song. You ask about the team behind the song. You ask about the meaning behind the song. Um, a, lot of, a lot of hosts don't ask about what's next. And um, that's, that's actually and good. So push. what is next? Yeah. This, so what is next? This isn't. This isn't. This isn't for me to like push to tell. Like you know, this isn't a push for me to tell you what's next. But you know, a lot of <laughs> but, a lot of people want to focus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's one thing that I do think a lot of a lot of hosts um, would benefit from asking the people that they talk yeah. to, and because because whenever we talk to you about this. In a year, when that next thing has happened, and we have another interview, we get to talk about yeah. that. Exactly. And um, so, what's next? What's next for me? Um, and you know, the music is always changing. Music industry is always changing, and 
Um, because of COVID, you know, finances are always changing and deals mm-hmm. are always changing. But what I currently have planned, we'll see if it's in God's plan, is to release a song uh, in the next month and a half, another song. Um, and it's called Get to You. And it talks, again, about the struggle of actually communicating. You know, the first song talks about better man. The, the first song says, I will learn to be a better man for you. I want to do the best I can. The second song dives deeper into what can we do to actually communicate. One of the lines in the song um, says, we keep really? the TV on because it's way – one of the lines in the song says, we keep the TV on because it's way too quiet in this bedroom. And so, you know, when we're talking about things and lack of communication and doing whatever you can to try to break through that barrier of the walls that you both have put up. That's what this next song is. And the song after that is going to be called Survive. It's about yeah. no matter what yeah. you do that you guys will survive. And I see that in you guys, too, and it makes me so happy. I love I, – I, I think there's, there's a reason that you guys are, you know – one of one of my first, not the not the first, but one of the first interviews I've done for this song, and it just means oh, wow. so much to wow. me to you guys because I, um, I don't I don't think that's on accident, and uh, so you know that this, this these next three these next two songs tell a whole story of the past three years, four oh, years wow. of mine and mm-hmm. mine and Whitney's journey, and so you'll see those uh, at the end of this year and the beginning of next year. And um, that's what's next for me and playing as many shows as I can, as many places as I can and letting as many people hear this music as I can, because I want, again, I want people to know, I know what it's like to get in your car and drive and be scared that you're the only person in the world that is having the hardest night ever because you can't either understand what your spouse is feeling or you can't get along or you can't feel like you can communicate. I want other people to know. I want them to blast these songs and know that they're not alone and that there's, there's a pot of gold at the end of this ridiculous yep. rainbow. Mm-hmm. And um, so you guys, now you guys got me all worked up. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, that's that's what's next. You know, that's not five years. That's the next, you know, five months. And yeah, I, I cannot wait for I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I can't wait for you guys to gonna be awesome. hear the new music. And, um, thank you so much. And it has been an incredible pleasure hanging out with you guys. Well, same here. So if you want to tell everybody how they can reach you, that would be awesome. Yeah, so one of the best ways, you know, this is kind of like the, the spot where you can go and it directs all the traffic. You can go to johnmullins.com, J-O-N-M-U-L-L-I-N-S.com, johnmullins.com, and you can just go to links on there. It'll take you to everything. But if you want to know, you can go to uh, on Facebook and Instagram, go to John Mullins Official. Remember, that's J-O-N. And on YouTube and Facebook, no, YouTube and uh, Twitter, it's John Mullins Music. So John Mullins Official on Facebook and Instagram, and John Mullins Music on Twitter and YouTube. And you know what? I didn't even tell you guys TikTok. Hold on. On TikTok, it's John (laughs) Mullins Official as well. Come on. That's awesome. You know what? We really loved having you on the show today, and we for sure look forward to having you back down the road. 
Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. And thank you so much for uh, your support of the music industry. Thank you for sharing your story too. And, and seriously, most important, like tell thank you for telling me just how that song relates to you. Cause that means the most to me. It's our pleasure. Yes. And we will talk with you real soon. Yes. Talk to you all soon. <laughs> Have a great night. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Bye.